All right, Mr. Barker, let's try to put some lipstick in this pig, should we? <laughs> go for it. Let, there's so many ways we could go. I've got three doors here, all right? Door number one, Mitch White sucks. Huh? <laughs> door number two, four for 16 with runners in scoring position. Or door number three, well, bullpen management, Jeff Nelson blocking the plate, et cetera, et cetera. What, what door should we go through? I think we should go door number two. I think you're right. The Jays, four for 16 with runners in scoring position, losing 9-6 to the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles managed this game as if it was an elimination game, which theoretically, I guess for them, you could say that it was. I don't think anybody wants to fall five and a half back. They're now three and a half back of the Jays in that final wild card, uh, in that final wild card spot. And Kevin, that to me is the game. Four for 16, runners in scoring position. Teoscar Hernandez had an awful game at the plate. That double play, I think, probably probably was the the death rattle for the Blue Jays. That seventh inning, that double play started with the single by Bo Bichette, who had another terrific night, another home run. Alejandro Kirk uh, singles, and then uh, Teoscar Hernandez comes up, hits into a double play. Yeah, Bo scores, but not what you needed. Absolutely not, Will. You're, what is it? Your number two hitter and your number five hole hitter were 0 for, 5, 0 for 10. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez had four at-bats with runners in scoring position, was 0 for 4 with no RBIs. It's the approaches with that situation. It's just funny that, you know, the RBI is not a big deal anymore. Like a lot of people think that's a, a team stat for me. I don't. I, I used to try and get those. The at-bats change. Like the, the approaches that the, that the pitcher has, uh, the at-bats the hitter have to have, the approaches of thinking – early and often right you got to get something a little elevated you got to think right center if you're left-handed you think left center all that does is keep you square and through the baseball and when you're not it sort of looks like Vladdy's looking it sort of looks like what Teoscar's looking you know they got front side pull it looks to me like Vladdy's cheating to get to the heater you know whether he's tired whether he's had a lot of at bats whether he's it's a mental grind whatever the case is all those ground balls some kind of adjustment needs to be made whether it's moving in the batter's box whether it's changing something mechanical down the stretch here you know consistency is key here especially if you're hitting well, that tool hole with runners on base they need somebody other than a hot Bo Bichette now obviously their starter wasn't real good and this is just one of those nights where sometimes it takes a little luck but when you see guys come up like Vladdy has hitting the same ground ball to the same people over and over and over again that would tell you something needs to be changed a little let me ask you this, Kevin, because we've seen John Schneider has not been afraid to move Bo Bichette around in the lineup. He had Lourdes Gurriel Jr. hitting eighth. He's hitting eighth again tonight. We know what he's doing to get Alejandro Kirk up there. Teoscar Hernandez has been up and down. Is there, do you think, any chance that at some point Vladdy gets bumped out of the number two hole, or do you just do you have to stick with him, regardless I, well, of what he's doing? Well, I mean, what... Where would you put him? That, I don't have that, an answer. I, I like I, I don't know. But we hey, we've seen Matt Chapman uh, in in recent days move up in the order. We've seen Bichette. Like clearly, John Schneider's trying to get his trying to get his best hitters up to the plate as often as possible. What did they say about Bo Bichette? Go look in the mirror. Bo looked in the mirror. Got moved up from the sixth spot or the fifth spot up to the third spot. 
Maybe the same thing needs to happen with Vladdy. I'm just asking. Yeah, maybe. Again, you know. After that, all it, years saying they had to move Vladdy into the second spot, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm not real sure. I mean, again, it's this may be a, an, a, an individual approach that needs to be changed. I don't know what that is, right? It looks to me like he's cheating mm-hmm. to get to the heater. Can you move closer to the plate? Can you move off the plate? Can you eliminate one of the fluitions of the gather? I, I, look, who knows? But this time of the year, does it really matter about stats? It matters about you going up and having a productive at bat. You know, again, I, I, I wonder if Vladdy trying to get a runner over from second base is the Vladdy that you want to see. I, I not, not for that me. Early in the game, man. Absolutely not. That not. Early in the game. Not I for me. Situational hitting in that situation. Well, I want. You know what situation I want? Ball in fifth row. Well, maybe that's that should, maybe that, that well maybe that tells you a little something about where Vladdy's at offensively. That that's sort of the approach that he's taking right now because something's not right. Whether that's mechanical, I don't know what it is, but it just something's a little off. And to your point, right now you could argue maybe you know you move a Kirky up, you move a bow up a little spot. But again, it, it's just one of those things where I think there's a couple of guys in your lineup that if they're not hitting. It's going to be real tough for your team to go where it ultimately needs to go. Now, obviously, Bo's sort of been carrying the team here lately, but they're going to need Vladdy to do some things and and maybe turn the corner and help out a little. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590, is the text line. So it's adios, eight-game road winning streak. It's sayonara, five-game winning streak on this particular road trip. The final game, the fourth and final game of the Orioles series goes tomorrow. 7.05 first pitch right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan Alec Manoa will take the mound for the Blue Jays. Jay in North York, we've got a lot to talk to. Mr. Barker and myself want to break some stuff down, but we'll go to the lines right away. Jay in North York, you're following the team in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Yeah, we, we went to see uh, Saturday, Sunday, Pittsburgh and, and hit the doubleheader in Baltimore. It was fantastic. They should pay us to go watch the Jays on the road. We guarantee victories. Anyway. Um, we <laughs> First have- time to Pittsburgh, by the way? First time to no, Pittsburgh? No, every we were there eight years ago. and Whenever the Jays are anywhere within a five- nice. to eight-hour radius, we try and go on if it's on Good a weekend. So we travel. Anyway. So, obviously, we spent tons of hours in the car, and we were listening to the fan, and we were listening to MLB radio as we're driving between the cities. And I was shocked yesterday after the doubleheader victory at how incredibly positive and almost to an unrealistic degree the radio and the media have been in Toronto. Now, yeah, they won all those games, and it's always great to sweep the Pirates, but we were like, boy, they better sweep the Pirates after they lost three to the Angels. They didn't beat the Cubs those two to three games convincingly, and, you know, really, when you look at the two starting pitchers they had in the doubleheader against Baltimore and Baltimore switching to a, pretty much a bullpen game in the second game, they won the game they had to win. Now, tonight with White pitching, it was not at all surprising that the Blue Jays lost. And the last time Manoa fa- faced Dean Kramer in Toronto, Kramer beat him. Now, if you follow mm-hmm. Kramer's last three, four, five starts, he has been excellent. It's very, very possible. Tomorrow's a 50-50 if Toronto wins or loses. So all this crazy stuff, this talk went from, is our Toronto Blue Jays going to make the wild card to, hey, let's compete for the AL East. Let's compete for home team. Now, if well, you're watching baseball, Tampa Bay is probably one of the best teams in baseball. They got J.C. Ramirez back, and they got Margot back, and Seattle with 
you know, the starting pitcher they got is playing unbelievably, and the Blue Jays are playing well. But let's relax because tomorrow it could be a game of another win, which would be huge, but they could very easily lose. Baltimore yeah, is but, a yeah, very but, good team. Jay, with all due respect, we could all be dead tomorrow. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't get your point. I mean, the reason, you know, first of all, I listened to the radio, and I certainly didn't think folks are running around suggesting that the Blue Jays were going to go to the World Series as a result of this. All I heard was a lot of people suggesting that the AL East is open because the Yankees stink right now, and I think that's absolutely accurate. I, I uh, you know, what's your confidence level in the Yankees winning the East? Mine's not very good. They're not even going to have a healthy nine in the field half the time. So I think that's the people we're talking about with the Blue Jays. I certainly didn't hear anybody, you know, saying anything else. And, I mean, home field advantage in the wild card, why not? You're game and a half back. Why not? What do you want to be? I guess you could be negative and worry about the Orioles catching you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that you can, you gotta, you, you can pick up a game and a half on the race. I I just I have a hard time. I think you're kind of creating, I don't know what I I, I don't know what the argument is there. People got excited because they swept the doubleheader against the Orioles, the team that was on their heels. Yeah, I, I I would think that that's Kevin. I would think that's probably what you want to do. But I mean, I I don't know this idea that Jays fans woke up this morning and started planning World Series parade. I'm not really didn't really get that didn't get that vibe. Yeah, I think Blue Jays fans are pretty realistic. You know, it's it's you line up your best couple of pitchers, you know, and you try and throw them against the team that's chasing you. It worked out yesterday. But you have to play complete games. You have to come yeah. in and you have to pitch well. When you don't pitch well against decent teams like the Orioles, guess what happens? You lose those games. And this is what sort of happens. They won the two games yesterday. Why did they win? Because they had two good starting pitchers go out and pitch well. That That's why they won, and then they got timely hitting. They ran the bases well. They caught the balls they were supposed to catch. Did they do that tonight? Nope. Uh, you know, frankly... That's why they lost. Frankly, what I'm seeing right now is they lost the game they're supposed to lose in this series. Yep. I, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I certainly sure as hell didn't expect Mitch White. I mean, you want to talk about a dose of reality. Mitch, I mean, Mitch White is like... I mean, he's reality personified. I mean, I, I know we have a thing in baseball about not wanting to face guys the third time through, but Jesus, are we now dealing with guys, starting pitchers who can't go more than, can't face a guy more than once? I mean, Kevin, Mitch White was just, it was non-competitive today. It was just, frankly, it was embarrassing to watch. Yeah, well, he's, uh, oh, oh, he's predictable because the, the, the curveball and the changeup's not real good. Kevin, uh, he threw a 3-1 slider. He threw a three, that inning where it all came apart the hell are he and Kirk doing throwing a three one run slider? You're facing the number eight, the number nine, nine hitter, and you're you're treating them like the middle of the order guys. I, I didn't yeah. get that. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I think this is what a little bit of what Mitch White is. He he relies on some trickery. He needs the breaking balls to be really good. Uh, with two strikes, doesn't really have anything to get you out with. The velocity's decent, right? It's 94, 95. That's not bad. Arm side, he was solid. Okay with the fastball command, but the secondary stuff, that's what it is. Big league hitters can eliminate a couple of secondary pitches, get you out over the plate, and force you to make quality pitches. And with a guy like Mitch White right now who has trouble doing that, they struggle, and then they put a lot of pressure on your manager, your pitching coach, to do exactly what they did by run out every single, you know, bullpen arm, 
basically that they had that they could throw today and just didn't work out for them. We got to mention, by the way, the revival of the Orioles Jays rivalry today with Brian Baker in, in instigating a dugout clearing innocent, like most dugout clearing innocents, it didn't lead to anything. All you need to know is Rugnit Odur was acting as the peacemaker, which pretty much tells you about this dugout uh, clearing incident. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez hit into a ground out, I guess. Uh, Brian Baker thought he said something the inning when the inning was over after Matt Chapman struck out. Uh, Brian Baker, who was a Blue Jay fireman, was with the Blue Jays last year, walked off the mound and made a chirping motion to Teoscar. Everybody got a lot excited and 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 came out. Um, I thought it was interesting that Baker kept walking towards the dugout, took about 15 steps towards the dugout after basically telling the Jays to come and get him some, which I thought was kind of a weak-ass thing to do. Well, it but, looked to uh, me like Teoscar was coming to get him some, and Brian Baker was in Brian getting Baker a didn't want no part of, of that. Well, it yeah, didn't Brian look like Beaton. it. And then he goes over there and acts like he didn't do anything. Well, if you're going to do those kind of things, you're a big boy. You want to act like a big boy. You're doing it towards big boys. Well, stay there and try and get you some and, of the big boy. That's And that opened the door for Jeff Nelson to write himself all over the oh, game. Look, uh, look the, at the me. Back the, to back. I mean, Bark, back to back. Look, I know how you feel about umpires. You know how I feel about umpires. This is pretty much – this is one of the worst back-to-back jobs I've seen at uh, – from home plate umpires in a long time. And tonight, you know, Jeff Nelson puts himself in the game, gives a warning to Yimmy Garcia, which is just silly. There's no need to give out a warning at the best of times. There, there certainly wasn't. I'll tell you what. There certainly was no call for him to go and stand at the foot of the damn mound, put his chest out, and basically warn both dugouts. You can do that from behind the plate. John Schneider come out and basically told him it's not about you with a whole bunch of other words thrown in. And I, I don't know about you, Kevin. I, John Schneider has been wanting to do that to Jeff Nelson ever since that idiotic Bach call on Kevin Gossman that, got, that, that, that Nelson made uh, a, a couple of days ago. I mean, he, was, he, was, he was waiting for that opportunity. I mean, much yeah, to do about nothing there. Yeah, it's a tough watch whenever you got, got a guy, an umpire, who's an instigator, who is the leader of that group of umpires who looks to do that, right? It's, it's a tough look. I, I just don't understand how he can get away with things like that in Major League Baseball. I never have understood that. I'll, I'll continue to never understand it, that you can basically do whatever you want to do. You know, it's just the presentation of the entire thing. It's how he presents himself to the players, how he calls balls and strikes, how he acts when he has to make plays. It's just a – for me, it's a bad look. The, the, forget yeah, about how, what you think about umpires. It's just by watching the game, you know – you always know that Jeff Nelson's on the field, and for me, I got a problem with that. Yeah, he uh, he also. I mean, he you could tell that he was he was scuffling tonight. I mean, he was ready to ring up. Uh, who was the Oriole? He was ready to ring up, except it was just two strikes. That's never a good sign when an umpire loses track of the count in a game. That to me pretty much indicates where his head is, and uh, it clearly wasn't at Camden Yards last night. Trevor from Thompson, Manitoba. You want to talk about uh, John Schneider's bullpen management? Please. So uh, as deeply saddened as I was to, to see them go four for 16 with runners in scoring position, it's uh, that's a trend, obviously, that goes back earlier into the season. But, yeah, the, the decision to pull Anthony Bass out of the game and replace him with Kikuchi was mind-boggling to me. Given what Anthony had done at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Uh, what six six pitches, four outs, seven, seven pitches, seven pitches. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin, yep. love you guys. Seven pitches, four outs. 
Are you kidding me? Like, I'm gonna was let he going to have an issue with the, Was he going to have an issue, Kevin, with those left-handed batters coming up? We're going yeah. to let Kevin answer this because we talked about this. So, Kevin, please answer. Well, I do think – well, that's a good question, and thanks for the call. I, I do think it's, for me anyway, Anthony Bass is really good against right-handed hitters. And whenever you got a couple of lefties lined up and you're trying to get as much out of your bullpen as you could possibly get because your starter stunk – you're trying to line everybody up and match them up to give them success, and they had it lined up perfectly. You say Kikuchi was coming in to face 8-9-1. That's two lefties and a righty. You're thinking to yourself, bottom of the order, facing two lefties and a righty, guy throwing 97 with a slider who simplified things. He's been a little bit better. If he's going to have any chance to have success, it's right there. So for me to come on here and yell and scream about John Snyder and Pete Walker trying to figure out how to get through, what is it, six innings of using guys bullpen-wise who, you know, they probably shouldn't have had to use today, it's very hard. If you say Kikuchi's going to be in the bullpen, if they're going to force that on this team, he's going to have to learn how to pitch to an eight, nine, and one hitter who two of them are left-handed. One of them is 112 years old. One of the guys he was facing, that's Rugnit Odur. I, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Look, the uh, and, and I thought Dan and Pat, <clears throat> Dan and Pat had a had, they had a shot of this and they explained this on 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 camera. Once it became obvious that Mitch White was basically going to be life and death to to get out of that inning, they had to sit down and say, "All right, we've got a crisis here now. Uh, how do we make this work?" Knowing that we played a doubleheader yesterday knowing that, yeah, we got Alec Manoa coming up in the last game of the series, knowing that no one throws a complete game anymore in baseball. So you, you, you assume that tomorrow, with your stud on the mound, the chance to take three or four from the Orioles, you assume you are going to use Romano tomorrow. You just assume. You got an off day coming up before you go to Texas. So basically, you're not going to use Romano tonight unless – I don't even know if they would have used Romano tonight, frankly, even if they'd, even if they'd gotten the lead. So you got to work backwards from there. And see, I looked at it a little differently. The fact that Anthony Bass got into that game, to me, showed how aggressive John Schneider was because he's saying, okay, I'm putting one of my best leverage relievers in right now because I think my offense at some point is going gonna, is gonna to tie into one of these guys. That didn't happen. John Schneider managed the game like a guy whose team had scored, what, 15 runs the day before, kept coming up to the plate with runners in scoring position. He managed the game like a guy who expected he was going to get a big hit, and, and it didn't happen. Sure. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what else he, he, he could have done. I, I don't know what else he could have done. Well, I think it went off the train tracks whenever Mitch White went the innings he went. If he goes one more inning, you probably don't sure. see you probably don't see you say exactly. Kikuchi. Well think about it. Bass face four, five, six, and seven in the order. You say Kikuchi face eight, nine, and one. Jimmy Jimmy Garcia face three, four, five. Trevor Richards face seven, eight, nine. And then all of those after the thirty pitches mm-hmm. that he threw. So you're seeing how they're sort of trying to line it up and what they think of who's throwing and where they're trying to line them up when it comes to parts of the order. So if you gotta throw you say Kikuchi which it looks like they had to throw him. What better place to throw him than eight, nine, one in the order and two lefties? Nate from Stony Creek on the text line. Uh, he he wants us to explain why he didn't take Mitch White out sooner, and pitch who would be my answer. Uh, coming out, yeah. Anyhow, 
Uh, and Brandon in Toronto wants to know, wants to talk about the home plate rule with Alejandro Kirk. It needs to change where he's supposed to stand. The rule's very clear. The rule's very clear. Whether or not we like it or don't like it, it's clear. I happen to like the rule because of what it prevents. You know what's amazing about it? This year we've had it, what, how many times has it arisen? Three, four, five times over the entire season. Catchers have adapted to it. If you if you blow that play as a catcher, that's on you. Whatever you may think about the rule doesn't matter. That's on Alejandro Kirk. Got the footwork wrong. It's very simple. That's completely on Alejandro. Never mind the fact that the tag was late, which is, you know, another uh, uh, another thing completely. Well, I do. Th- um, I do think where he started was fine. I, I, I guess if he comes up and stays in fair ter- territory and tries to catch it that way and sort of Ole tags the runner when he's sliding by, I guess that's the whole purpose in that rule, and that's what you want a, a catcher to do. I just think if he would have stayed in fair ter- ter- territory long enough, and then at the last minute realized that the ball was taking him where it took him. Then he could make the play there. I don't think they would have had an issue with it. But it's all about where you start and how long you stay there. And I don't like the rule either. But the rule is what the rule is. And you got to be a little bit better with how you handle it if you're a catcher. 416-870-0590. Star 591 888 is a text line. We're talking about the Jays' 9-6 loss to the Baltimore Orioles tonight in front of a crowd of about 8,000 at Camden Yards. I think the crowd at Camden Yards was smaller than the crowd at Tampa tonight. Um, the the uh, fourth game of the series will go to more. Jays have Thursday off. Then they move on to play the Texas Rangers. We'll take a break. We'll look at the standings. A lot going on around the Blue Jays in the standings today. We'll get you caught up with that and go back to your calls, back to your texts as well. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And now the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. The Yankees were rained out uh, tonight, and that means that the Minnesota Twins, who are also, because they're involved in that schmozzle in the central, are also by extension kind of involved in the, uh, the wildcard race as well. That means that the uh, the Twinkies got the night off, and uh, which is great because it'll give the New York papers a whole extra night to sit around and wonder what the hell's going on with the Yankees. But there were some other games involving wildcard teams. Seattle is currently leading the Chicago White Sox one nothing. Tampa Bay beat Boston eight to four. The Cleveland Guardians beat Kansas City four to one. So as we take a look. At the standings for bet 365 in the East, the Yankees, they're in first place. They're four and a half games up now. Four and a half games on the Rays. The Jays couldn't keep pace. The Jays are six back. The Orioles, they're nine and a half back. And who cares about Boston? The, uh, the Jays are six behind the Yankees in the lost column right now in the wild card race. In the wild card hunt, the Tampa Bay Rays continue to set the pace. They are now a game and a half up. The top spot in the wild card, the Seattle Mariners, pending the outcome of tonight's game. They're a game up, so if they win, they'll be a game and a half. And uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, they hold down the final wild card spot. 
They are three and a half games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are four back in the loss column. And then the Minnesota Twins are six back. The White Sox seven. As I said, the the teams on the edge of that, uh, Kevin Barker, the teams in in that central division are also, by extension, kind of on the edge of the wild card, the wild card race as well. So there you go. Um, not, uh, it would have been, this, this sounds trite to say, this would have been a nice game to win tonight. No question. If you're the Toronto Blue Jays, this would have been a nice game to win. This would have slammed the coffin shut for me anyway. This would have, because of what Brandon Hyde tried to do tonight, that would have sort of been demoralizing for you to try and empty everything you had to throw at the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays came out and won this game. Yeah, it would have been a feather in the cap of the Blue Jays, but it didn't happen. Now tomorrow's a big game. Alec Manoa, again, every time he pitches, it just seems like he sort of has to go out there and dominate and be Alec Manoa that we've all fallen in love with. So I don't expect that to be any different. I I do think that Vladdy has to have better at-bats. I think Teoscar is going to have to do a little bit more. You know, I do think they're going to have to not fall asleep defensively. We saw Bo again make a bad throw. We saw George Springer in center field get a little lazy. Odor went to second base. You just can't do that this late the season against teams who are fighting and give the Orioles credit they are fighting 416-870-0590 star 590 1-888-666-0590 is a text line Mark in Baltimore Hi this is Mark I'm in Baltimore was in Coeur d'Alene and came to Baltimore on the weekend to the humidity but you know the game is <laughs> over when Mitch White they left them in. Three walks, hit the batter. You're up 3 nothing. As, as you just said, they should have won the game. You can't not leave the starter in, especially well, who, Mitch White. When, what would you have done? not proven. What would you I have done? Got, I, I, I got to count how many pitchers I have in the bullpen, and I got to figure who I'm going to bring in. They I used seven tonight. For an inning. I they bring used in seven tonight. For, they used seven you? tonight. Yeah, they had to use seven. Well, exactly. And, uh, but it was – Should have used eight? They left, no, but they left Mitch White in too long. They might, they had to – you know, when, when a guy walks three guys, hits a batter, and then lets they hit, he's done. I mean, why – you know, you got to start – you know, he, he's done. He's, he hasn't proven himself. You bring you bring him in when the score is 9-1 to one in favor of the Jays, and the same with Kikuchi. When the score is 9-1 to one, the Jays are up, you bring these guys in. Let them practice Mitch what they're doing spring And who's going to start then if Mitch White isn't the starter? Four starters are good enough for me in September. I said that oh, last good, week, uh, uh, All right, well, yeah, that maybe. It, 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 in the playoffs, maybe. But, yeah, you're not going – you're not going to four starters in September. You've already got Alec Manoa racking up innings that he's never racked up before. You got no choice. Uh, I mean, look, the only reason Mitch White, uh, Mark, the only reason Mitch White made this start was because Yusei Kikuchi stunk all year. I mean, this is supposed to be Yusei Kikuchi's start. So, you know, with all due respect, ain't nobody else out there. You know, we talked about this a lot on our show. And there's nobody at AAA, clearly. I mean, they're basically looking under the furniture to find arms at a AAA to bring up here. Um, they got no choice. You can't, 
you can't run Mitch White out there and say, well, we're only going to give him an inning and a third or an inning or whatever. And you just can't do that. You, you're going to, you're going to run out of pitchers coming off a double header and everything. I mean, I, I just didn't have any, we can quibble about whether Richards was left in too long. Uh, we can quibble about that, but man, I don't think there's anything you can, you can quibble about, you know, about Mitch White. I mean, you tried to let Mitch White get his way through the, the eighth and ninth, you know, the eighth and ninth hitters in, in the lineup. I mean, I just, I don't think, I don't think there's any way, anything else you can do. By the way, Kevin, John Schneider talking about, <laughs> talking about the dugout incident with the Orioles. Thank God these teams have six games left against them. <clears throat> uh, he says, I don't think it was a Teo thing. I think it was Baker looking into our dugout like he has every time he's pitched against us since he wasn't part of our team. And I think our team reacted. I don't understand why Brian Baker was looking into our dugout after giving up a run in back-to-back days. We were just surprised and unsure of why Brian was looking in our dugout. Again, it wasn't the first time he's done that. So I think the guys were fed up with it. So I think basically what they're saying is they're telling Brian Baker to bugger off and to stop with the chirpy-chirpy thing. If you're going to do that, then stand your ground. Don't invite everybody out and then run and hide in the dugout like you're some kind of coward. Absolutely, and today especially I think, when you throw a hundred, well, no question. And, and today I think it's with the way the pitching has been as good as it's been lately. It's real hard to, you know, nitpick at every little thing that doesn't go right with the with the pitching. I have to, for me today, throw this all on the offense. When you're four for sixteen and you're a couple of your big boys, Vladdy and Teoscar are zero for ten, and mm. Teoscar is zero for four with runners in scoring position. I'm sorry. I, I, it's an easy point to finger at Mitch White, but for me it's all about the offense. be nice if Teoscar hit one ball out of the infield. Well, Vladdy too. I know Vladdy hit the little, lazy, la, the little lazy fly ball to center, and then he hits the sort of the line drive to left field. But something's got to give with that. Like, you know, it's, it's how many times you got to walk up to the plate and be the hitter that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is? And I've been saying it all year that he's one of the best right-handed hitters in baseball. Stop hitting the ball to the left side of the infield on the ground. Do something different. Let's go to Ross in New Jersey. He wants to talk about the managing, but from a different angle. Go ahead, Ross. Uh, you said it. Sorry, Ross. Yeah, you, you took it out of my mouth before. He he managed very well tonight. He went for it knowing that if he won tonight, he's six in the loss column, and he's Alex Manoa going tomorrow, which he feels going to win the game at seven if they win. And, and, and you know, you can basically seal up that wild card. He managed the game. Now, people are calling about Kikuchi, who's been terrible this year, but against left-handers, as Mr. Bark pointed out, he, he, he's, they're hitting about 160 off him. So he put him, if you're going to, like you said, if you're going to put him in the bullpen and he's going to put be there, he put him in the best position possible to, to succeed. And he went for the game tonight, and that's all you can ask for because he, he thought if he won tonight, he basically can end it tomorrow, especially mm-hmm. with the Orioles. I know, I know, you know, they're going to play four against, I think, four against Houston. So, I, I like Schneider. I think he's a good manager. I think he just doesn't do, you know, what stat, you know, just doesn't, you know, especially like the lineup. I like what he does. The guy's hot. He gets up there. You know, he puts him in the spot, and he sti- and he sticks with him as long as he's hot. Yeah, listen, a couple of things I saw, and thanks for the caller up against the clock. A couple of things. One, he pinch hit first. Uh, he pinch hit. Uh, for Biggio early in the game. 
he went had Anthony Bass up, got him in in the fifth inning. I mean, I thought John Schneider throughout this road trip has really managed like a manager who's very comfortable, very comfortable managing a team in a in a uh, in a pennant race. And I, I'm with Russ. I liked what I saw from the manager tonight. I like the aggressiveness. I like the demeanor. I like the body language. I like everything about it. Mitch White faced 14 batters, six three ball counts. And the Jays went four for 16 with runners in scoring position. That right there, fans, that's your game. All the other stuff, who came in for who, which reliever was used when, Kevin, to me, that's irrelevant. To me, it's those stats right there. You nailed it. You nailed it. I don't have anything else to add. I think we should put a little uh, period on the end of that. Turn the page. Wake up tomorrow and be be pumped that they're three and a half games up on the Orioles. And you can help us turn the page tomorrow. Bo Bichette is scheduled to join us on Blair and Barker tomorrow at 11.30 in the morning. It's 11.30 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, and uh, the Sportsnet Radio Network. So that's it for us tonight. The Baltimore Orioles beating the Jays 9-6. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Need your wild side baseball fans.